Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the 282nd edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm the Professor Emeritus, Matt Perkins. Joining us shortly, a uh, flag route across the Harpeth River for me here in the Music City, will be our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. But for now, we've still got the third amigo in the second city, a man who is pining for beignets this and every moment. It's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook. Oh, how's it going, everybody? It's good to be here. Happy Thanksgiving. Matt, I know your folks are in town. Is uh, is your dad excited about the big one for Rutgers this weekend? Uh, no. Oh, that's a well, that, that's a negative, Josh. That's that's, that's too bad. That's too bad. So it goes. So it goes. I you know I, I can't really blame him. It's been uh, it's been an up and down year for the Scarlet Knights to say the least. Well, they'll get mentioned here in a little bit because uh, this is the show where I crunch some numbers and I. Tell you guys all the uh, tiebreakers and that I mean, stuff. It, that that's a big one for Rutgers. Rutgers, Maryland, the winner's going bowling. The loser is not. Mm-hmm. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football time. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered for all the holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. And Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action this Thanksgiving. Head on over to our new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus with a promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your welcome bonus. And it's not just football. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So uh, Josh mentioned it. Let's uh, let, let's hop right into it. We're not really going to do any recaps last week. Nothing too major happened. You know, I mean, Texas lost again. What else is new? <laughs> so let's just uh, let, let's get right into it, Josh. Josh does his annual title game bowl madness, and uh, let, let's see what happens. Ooh, got a who's uh, who's making a cameo right now? Uh, that would be Charlie because he's insane. <laughs> How are the boys doing, by the way? Um, I mean, we've we've got four dogs in the house right now. So my parents have there their two go. dogs, my two dogs, and Charlie just really wants to be on the podcast today. That's a full house. All right. So uh, those of you who are new listeners who haven't heard this, basically uh, heading into the last week of the season before any of the conference games I like to run through each league. I'm just going to give a very quick snapshot of where they are. And Matt is going to chime in with his opinion. Yes, I am on what is happening. Uh, so we're going to go alphabetical order. We got the American conference. This title game is already set Houston versus Cincinnati. Houston's out of conference and Cincinnati um, has already clinched by record. Although they have a tricky game at East Carolina. The reason that's tricky is teams that have already clinched bowls 
East Carolina, SMU, Central Florida, teams with no bowls coming up, Navy, Tulane, South Florida, Temple. Got a couple of five and six teams. Tulsa travels to SMU, and Memphis hosts Tulane. What you thought of the American this year, Matt? Um, uh, disappointed overall. Uh, really disappointed in Tulane, mostly. Uh, it was really high in them coming into the season. They acquitted themselves well week one against Oklahoma. And since then, they've been terrible. And I, I feel I feel pretty disappointed about that. I mean, outside of Cincinnati, uh, SMU had a moment, but there hasn't been a lot of really, I don't know. We, 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 we've been considering them the sort of the, the sixth power league for a while mm-hmm. now. And I don't know, man. I was I'm I, I'm down on the American this year, as you guys Ooh. probably noticed, because we have not talked about them nearly as much as we have in the past. Yeah, they they were your league uh, there for, for a while, many seasons. Yeah. All right. Well, let's then move on to the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, I'll start with the Coastal. It's really easy. Pittsburgh's already clinched. Bull teams are Virginia, Miami, and North Carolina. No bull games. Georgia Tech and Duke. Five and six. Virginia Tech will travel to Virginia for the Commonwealth Cup. And over in the Atlantic, we have three teams still in it. Wake Forest, they're the easiest. Win and in. They're at Boston College. Clemson has wrapped up their conference play because they're traveling to South Carolina. If Wake Forest and NC State both lose, Clemson is it. And then finally, the Wolfpack. The Wolfpack need to beat North Carolina in their finale and then have Wake Forest lose. That would result in a three-way tie with NC State winning based on the best in-division win percentage, which is the next tiebreaker in the conference. Bull teams, Louisville, Boston College, five and six teams. Florida State, who's at a fellow five and six team, Florida. And then uh, Syracuse is also five and six. They take on Pitt. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be tough for Syracuse to make the bowl. Uh, you know, there was definitely some hope for them midseason. I've been, um, you know, I was pretty high in Boston College entering the year. I think the injury to Phil Dracovic really was a downer. Otherwise, I think they would have been right in the mix for for the division title. Wake Forest was the darling for a long time. Uh, always a good story. Dave Clawson, yet again, one of the best coaching jobs in the country. Clemson, the big disappointment. Uh, UNC, moderate disappointment. So I'm obviously Pitt. Pitt's been one of my favorite stories all year. The emergence of Kenny Pickett and Pat Narduzzi, known for his defense. Uh, They've completely flipped the script. They have uh, the, I believe, the number one offense in the country in terms of uh, total yards per game. Uh, Second, sorry, second in yards per game. uh, Third in points per game. And yeah, fifth in passing yards per game. So just absolutely fabulous stuff from Narduzzi and the Panthers. Well, you mentioned Kenny Pickett. Uh, where's your Heisman vote going now? I know there's still a few weeks. It comes after my, the title games. My vote today is still Kenny Pickett. Okay, because uh, obviously there's been some movement for Buckeye Nation and Alabama Nation. So. Yeah, Bryce Young um, is not going to – is. Maybe gonna crap. Maybe get maybe get fifth from me. His don't get me wrong. His statistics are amazing, but he has so much more help around him than uh, than anyone else. And in a season where I think uh, Matt Corral has fallen back a little bit, we'll do our ballots obviously on our uh, a- after championship week. But 
as it stands right now, I've got Pickett one. Um, I've still got Kenneth Walker two. I know he laid an absolute egg against Ohio State, uh, but the I, whole team did. To be fair, yeah, and he touched the ball eight times, and that's not his fault. No, you know, or seven times, something like that. Like he had like six, he had like six rushes. So why that that was a bigger issue for me was you know why on earth did he only touch the ball that that few times? So. You know, I've got those two. I've still got Jordan Davis, the big nose tackle, or Nicobe Dean, either one of those defenders on Georgia. I'm, you know, we're a bit, we're a bit uh, anti-establishment here, so we're not just going for quarterbacks. I, I love those guys. I think both those guys have have a claim. I'd probably go for Davis because he's the key that really unlocks everything else on that defense. And so, yeah, I, and I'd probably have Stroud and I'll, I'll have Stroud and Young probably rounding out my ballot. But as it stands today. As it stands today, I'd say Pickett one, Walker two, Davis three, uh, Young four, Stroud five. Awesome. Well, let's go to the Big 12. Uh, This one, it's fun to say, Oklahoma State, Matt, has clinched. They're in. Oh, boy. They are in. Now, Bedlam still plays a really big role. So Mm -hmm. if Oklahoma State wins Bedlam plus... Baylor wins against Texas Tech, which the they should. Game, which they should. The title, the title game will be Oklahoma State Baylor. That's what I'm hoping for. If Oklahoma State Bedlam, but Baylor loses to Texas Tech, we get Bedlam 2.0. Mm-hmm. And then finally, if Oklahoma wins Bedlam, we get Bedlam 2.0. Mm-hmm. So that. This is probably the most interesting Bedlam game in I don't know how many years. In a long time. I'm I'm really excited about it. That is one of my probably top three games of the weekend that I'm most looking forward to. All right. Uh, so bowl teams from the Big 12. Iowa State, Kansas State, Texas Tech. No bowl. Texas and Kansas, that does say. TCU's <laughs> five and six, right? Yeah. So our five and six teams, we got West Virginia, who travels to Lawrence and TCU, who travels to Ames. So West Virginia, a little bit better chance of making a bowl game mm-hmm. uh, than TCU, obviously, with those road matchups. Yeah, the thing, the thing about right. the season that really excited me was we all we are, we were all high on Kansas State, and I think that was validated this year. They're building something big there. Yeah, they are. Their, their coach knows a thing or two about winning, uh, <laughs> winning games and stuff. Yeah, He's, you can say that again. It's excited to see. All right, let's move to the Big Ten. All right, the East is really simple. There's two teams left, Ohio State, Michigan. They face each other in Ann Arbor. Whoever wins is it. Uh, Bowl teams, Michigan State, Penn State, out of a bowl game, Indiana. And then, as we mentioned at the top of the show, the big one in East Piscataway, Maryland and Rutgers, both five and six with the winner go into a bowl game. I think that this actually means more for Maryland. They've been at this rebuild mm-hmm. for a really long time. Loxley has never Loxley's what third sniffed. season there. Yeah. Third season, fourth he's, season like that. Yeah. He's never sniffed a bowl game. No. I think Rutgers fans are already seeing the improvement. They've already yeah. built on their win total. Um, but what are your thoughts? Oh, sorry, we didn't do the West. We should do the West real quick. Then, well, right, the I, West. I will start. I, I will start. No, I, I'll let's do the East first, really quickly. Indiana. Okay, your, uh, your thoughts on the East? Indiana season from hell, basically yes. what it boils down to. More, they have had so many injuries. They rushed Michael Penix back. 
And I think that has really, uh, th they really suffered this season. I mean, that, that was rough. Michigan State, no one saw that coming. Absolutely no one saw that coming. So, and, you know, kudos to, um, kudos to, to Rutgers and Maryland for being in the mix this late in the season. All right. So the West, uh, pretty simple for Wisconsin. They're, they win, they're in. For Iowa, pretty cut and dry. They have to win at Nebraska, and then they need Wisconsin to lose in Minneapolis. But Minnesota is still mathematically alive with my favorite scenario. <laughs> Let me run this through. So Minnesota, they need to win. Iowa needs to lose. Purdue needs to win. They'll create a four-way tie at 6-3. and three. The tie is then the winning percentage among those four teams that have faced each other. In that scenario, Iowa and Purdue immediately get eliminated because they are one and two against those fellow teams, which then leads to Minnesota, Wisconsin, head-to-head, -head, Minnesota the win. Pretty crazy. Uh, that would be anarchy. It would be kind of fun to see the Gophers make this title game. With like uh, their fifth-string running back. I know. Uh, personally, I what is better, winning a division and getting absolutely humiliated by Ohio State or coming second in your division and not having to face the Buckeyes? <laughs> I still think winning a division matters. I would agree. I would rather win the division as an Iowa fan. All right. Uh, the bowl scenario, pretty easy. The four mentions, I, four teams I just mentioned, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Purdue, they've already clinched bowl games. Illinois, Nebraska, and Northwestern mathematically eliminated for bowl games. Yeah. Any thoughts on the West or anything uh, else for the Big Ten? Just looking back on it more and more, I still don't understand how Wisconsin lost to Penn State. That, that, yeah, that, I mean, it was... That's a tough was, one. That's a really tough one because they dominated every statistical category except for turnovers. Uh, as a Wisconsin fan, I'm I'm less disturbed by the Michigan and Notre Dame losses, especially how those two teams have acquitted themselves. But the, yeah. Penn, State, the Penn State loss really is is tough uh, right now. I, I guess the argument is it was very early in the year. It was Wisconsin week one. It was week one. Exactly. Yeah, Wisconsin's offensive line hadn't come together the way it has here as of late. And Penn State was full health. They had a fully healthy Sean Clifford. I mean, healthy it happens. Yeah, it happens. You know, yeah. it's it, it, yeah. it, it's tough. But I think we've seen that Wisconsin's defense is after Georgia the best unit in the country, and it's mm -hmm. uh, it's tough that they're gonna. I mean, if miracle of miracles, you know, they beat Minnesota and then they beat Ohio State somehow in the title <laughs> game. I, you know, they, they could go to a Rose Bowl, which would be amazing yeah. given the fact that they started one and three. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I fear for my life when I watch Ohio State because <laughs> that offense is, that offense is the scariest in the country, bar none. If you were to pick one player off that Ohio State offense to add to Wisconsin's offense to immediately improve it, who are you taking? That's tough. Um, I, I would say like the inclination is to say Olave, right? Mm -hmm. But, 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 clear, but Wisconsin doesn't throw the ball, man. Like Wisconsin never throws the ball. And so I'd actually probably take one of their offensive linemen um, mm. or, um, or Stroud is the obvious example. Or, I mean, Wisconsin's so thin at running back, maybe Travion Henderson. I think I'm going to come, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to choose Travion Henderson 
to have the the, true, the the two best true freshman running backs in the country, Henderson and Allen, together. Mm. Nice. Uh, as good as Padilla has shown, I think Iowa still would do quite well with uh, Stroud. Although, can I take Kevin Wilson, the offensive coordinator? Is that allowed? He is technically on the roster. I mean, technically he is. That is correct. <laughs> All right, let's move over to Conference USA. Uh, this is pretty simple. It's down to two teams, Western Kentucky and Marshall. They face each other in Huntington, West Virginia this weekend. Uh, the bowl teams, the two I just mentioned. Um, and then no bowl, pretty simple. Florida International, they were terrible this year. Uh, but they have four teams all sitting at five and six. Old Dominion, Florida Atlantic, Charlotte, and Middle Tennessee, they all face each other in some way. Um, Charlotte is at Old Dominion, and Middle Tennessee is at Florida Atlantic. So CUSA will get two more six and six teams. It's just a matter of who. Uh, The West, Meep Meep, UTSA has already clinched. Uh, Fellow bowl teams are going to be UAB and UTEP. Three game, three teams not making bowl games this year, Louisiana Tech, Rice, and Southern Miss. And for five and six teams, there's just one, North Texas, and they have the unenviable task of hosting UTSA this week. <laughs> Man, that UTSA team might be the best story in the country. Yeah, I, I don't see them clinching UTSA taking a week off. I mean, they're nationally ranked, um, you know. Jeff Taylor has them dialed so- in, man. Like, yeah, I, it, it, and they... Last week, if they were going to lose a game, it was going to be last week, right? And they were great. They were fantastic last week against UAB. Well, the crazy thing is with UTSA's ranking, they're actually not out of the scenario of being the group of five team to go to the most prestigious bowl game. Because um, So UTSA is currently in the college football rankings, uh, not appearing, <laughs> but that can change. Uh, mm-hmm. in, terms of the AP, in terms of the AP, they're 15th. But so Cincinnati is a tough game, Maddie's Carolina. They lose that. And then what happens at the America title game? Maybe mm-hmm. they knock off Houston. Who knows? Um, Mountain West, kind of a train wreck. A lot of teams that are good still yeah. have tough games. So, yeah, um, San Diego State. Oh, I, well, San Diego State ho- ho- hosts Boise this weekend. I think yeah. you know, they're I, I the missed, only ranked team. I miss, team out of yeah. that, I miss out of UTA that. In, the, in the playoff rankings. They're 22nd. 22nd. Yeah. Um, so, I mean. And they, don't forget they, about so, Houston, though. Don't forget about Houston for group of five either. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. So, there, there's still a lot to be played. So, the, I don't think they're going to they're gonna take anything off. All right. So that's the uh, Kusa. We love it, that. It, it, is BYU technically group of five? Um, they're sitting in the indie section, so they get treated as an independent. So if a bull wants to take them, they can. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the bull, the independents then. Um, four teams are going to be going bowling from the independent. Notre Dame, BYU. Army, Liberty, no bowl games, Massachusetts, New Mexico State, UConn. Uh, the big one for me is the consistency that Notre Dame has with Brian Kelly. This is now four straight, yeah, four or five straight seasons of 10 wins or more. Um, I mean, he's doing things. Obviously, they had fewer games, so it's like 
they would win like <clears throat> nine or eight games. Uh, but he's basically doing things that they haven't done since like Ara Parsegan, since Lou Holtz. Like he is phenomenal. He is. And, he and yeah. I think it's silly when I hear people speculating that he might take another job. He's not going anywhere. Come on. Like, let's, let's get serious. Uh, our friend over uh, Jake Crane over the J Boy podcast, he threw out an interesting idea. During championship week, he thinks that Notre Dame and BYU should play each other to get to boost their credentials to make the playoff. Ooh. What do you think about that? Well, it would basically be the be it would be the independent the the independent championship yeah. if you will. Well, it's a great idea. The thing is Notre Dame is already like Very well assured, yeah, of an incredible bowl game, and they're, you know, it's not inconceivable with them at sixth. Michigan about to get bumped out. Cincinnati, if they look, well, I guess Michigan's not about to get bumped out, but Michigan or Ohio, Ohio State, State is about to get it's about to get bumped out. Cincinnati, we don't know. Um. You know, Georgia, Alabama, they're locked into the SEC game. What happens, you know, what happens if Georgia's defense balls out and they win the SEC title game 28-0? Is Alabama getting back in the playoffs? I hope not. So it's a risky proposition for Notre Dame. It's also a risky proposition for BYU because they're sitting at 15th in the college football playoff rankings. Um, they're assured of a phenomenal bowl game. Yeah. So I just I, guess, I thought it was a really interesting yeah. proposition, though, right? Because yeah, I don't it know. It's a like, really interesting one. It's the it's the risk reward component of it, right? Because yeah. if you beat if you're Notre Dame and you beat BYU, that immediately becomes the first or second best victory on your resume, depending mm-hmm. on how you feel about Wisconsin. Right, because I mean, who else yeah, have I they mean, played that is even decent? They lost to Cincinnati. Cincinnati—that's their best other team. Yeah, but they lost, um, and so I will say, Florida State, after starting like one and yes, four, yes, has, because Florida State <laughs> very well may be bowling. Yeah. So um, that's yeah. Hmm. All right, so that's the independence. Sorry, I, I derailed us. Let, let's, uh, let, no, let's move I, on. I like that. I like that. Um, I I hadn't seen that anywhere, so I love that. That was a great proposition. All right, uh, let's talk about the uh, MAC. Uh, this is a conference we haven't talked a lot about because, honestly, it's not a banner year for the MAC. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you know, they've had teams like Northern Illinois go on crazy long win streaks and, and make prestigious bowl games, but... Um, just not happening as much this year. And, and that's because the Mac East has frankly been awful. Um, Miami or Kent state will win the Mac East. They face each other at Kent uh, this weekend. Or I have a soft spot for the golden is. flashes. Yeah. So I, I, I'm yeah. hoping that they win. They are led by Sean Lewis. Who's a former Wisconsin Badger tight end. Yeah. Who's a, a really good guy. So uh, um, I, I will be rooting for them this weekend. Both Miami and Kent state are six and five. The rest of the division will not be going bowling. That's Ohio, Buffalo, Akron, and Bowling Green. The West, Northern Illinois has already clinched. Um, 
the rest of the division is pretty much going bowling. Uh, Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Toledo, and Western Michigan all have six wins or more. Um, Ball State is six and six. I don't know how many MAC teams will make a bowl game. So with them sitting at six and six is a little scary. Uh, for Toledo, they are six and five, but they end at god awful Toledo, so they should get to the seventh win. Uh, Josh, um, but, uh, quick question: Do you know who the speaking of, of the MAC? Do you know who the nation's leading rusher is? No idea, but it sounds like it's going to come from the MAC. Lou Nichols <laughs> from Central Michigan. Ooh, there we he go. He spells his name L E W, not L O U. Interesting. I don't like that. Well, that is, uh, that's our Mac. That's our Mac recap. Um, the Mountain West. All right. We're going to start with the, we're going to start with the Western division because it's a lot easier. Um, San Diego State and Fresno State, they're the only two teams that have a chance. The Aztecs winning in. They're at home against Boise. Fresno, they need to have San Diego State lose and then they need to win at San Jose. Uh, other bowl teams from this division, Nevada, no bowl, UNLV, uh, a couple five-win teams still sniffing around, five and six, San Jose, who obviously hosts Fresno, and then Hawaii, five and seven, uh, they finish at Wyoming. I don't, I mean, there's a million bowl games. I don't know if six and seven will get them there. Though. Especially if you're not a power conference. Um, depending on, there is that Hawaii Bowl which loves to take Hawaii. So then they only have one team traveling. So there might be something weird like that. All right. Uh, so that's the mountain West West. The mountain West mountain is an absolute cluster. You have three teams at five and two Boise, Utah state air force. They're all one and one against each other. Air force has the best odds of making it. If they all win their final games, air force is in. If they all lose, Air Force is in because they have the best division win percentage. If Air Force wins and Utah State loses, the Falcons are also in. All right. Then Boise and Utah State have the exact same scenarios. Boise or Utah State needs to win and then have the other two lose. Got it, Matt? Got it. <laughs> so, it's a nice round robin there for us. Um, other bowl teams from this division, despite a very erratic season, Wyoming is bowl eligible somehow, and and full bowl games, Colorado State and New Mexico. Colorado State's a nice little story. How so? the fact that Adazio is a second half. <laughs> um, I like that my pick Air Force has the best chance of making the the title game. Um, never feels good when you don't control your own destiny. No, definitely not. All right. Any thoughts more for the Mountain West, Matt? Nope. Uh, disappointed in Perfect. Wyoming. I, I had them. Uh, I, you know, I had them. Yeah. I mean, they just had a midseason swoon. They, they couldn't get out of their own way in some of those games. Um, I would their box scores and they'd just be insane penalty figures and turnover figures sloppy to say the least um all right let's talk about the pac 12 uh we'll go with the easy of the two divisions south utah's already clinched 
Uh, bowl teams, Arizona State and UCLA. No bowl games, Colorado and Arizona. You have kind of a weird scenario here because they had a game postponed. The men of Troy are four and six, and they end with BYU and at Cal. Uh, probably the Cougars are going to kill them, so we probably don't need to worry about them making it's a bowl It's a game. moot point, yeah. Yeah. The Pac-12 North, Oregon, they win the Civil War, and they are in. Oregon State, if they win the Civil War, and Washington somehow finds a way to win the Apple Cup, and Wazoo, they need the Beavers to beat the Ducks in the Civil War, and then the Cougs need to beat their arch rival Washington in the Apple Cup. So still some stuff for the Pac-12 North to be sorted out. Uh, for bowls, the three teams I just mentioned, for no bowl games, Washington, Stanford, and then you have four and six Cal who plays at UCLA and then the men of Troy. So Cal probably also not making a bowl game. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no. They've been decimated by COVID. Yeah. Um, Matt, the Bruins. Where do, they were in it earlier in the season, kind of faded. Had a hiccup in the middle, middle of the season. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the most important driver their season, they didn't have their starting quarterback. Yeah. And they had to rely on, uh, what is it, Ethan Garber's Chase Garber. It's one of the Garber brothers. The other one's the quarterback at Cal. I can never, I always mix them up. I think Ethan's the one on, on the, Ethan's the one on UCLA. I'm, I'm happy I called UCLA having a big year and, they really showed it by just annihilating USC last week. Like mm-hmm. that game is they scored 62 points and they would have scored more if DTR hadn't thrown an interception on both of his first two passes. <laughs> if that doesn't happen, I mean, they're putting up 70 easily. They, their oh, offense like- looks awesome. And I'm really happy with not just the fact that I picked them to be so good, but that they've backed it up. And you know it's UCLA. I'm always going to root for UCLA. You know they're my number two team. So yeah, I'm wearing a UCLA well, shirt right now as we speak. There we go. Uh, we like to call starting the game with two interceptions a Ricky Stanzi special. Oh, the Stanzi special. Yeah, does it the have best, to be in your first two attempts? Well, the best one was uh, we ultimately beat Michigan pretty handily this game, but very first pass of the game through a beautiful pattern. Two. His receiver was nowhere nearby. It was caught by a Michigan person in a quick pick six. He just needed to always settle down a little bit. All right. So we have two last conferences. They're both down in the South. We'll start with coaches SCC. Uh, their title games have been clinched. Georgia and Bama. They will be meeting for obviously a spot in the to playoffs. The surprise the of line. precisely zero people. No. Uh, for bowl teams over in the SEC East, we have Kentucky, Tennessee, and Mizzou with Vanderbilt not making a bowl game. Uh, definitely. Uh, and, then we have, and then we have Dan Mullen not around, nope. uh, but but his team is five and six, and they will host fellow five and six Florida State uh, in an interesting game. I think Florida State wins that. I they think so are too. On a roll, uh, and I think I think for Norvell. It's always kind of weird to think about, but like he wants to make a bowl. The team needs extra weeks of practice. I think that'd be a nice little thing for Florida State if he's going to be a sixth coach. 
at FSU. I think this would be a springboard. Uh, over in the West, I already mentioned Bama clinching. Bowl teams, Ole Miss, Mississippi You didn't State. mention South Carolina. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, South Carolina also clinched a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry about that. Which is a big surprise. Uh, yeah. Over, yeah, very big surprise. That might be one of the more surprising things of really Tennessee, Missouri, and South Carolina all making a bowl is hats That's off. That's shocking. Yeah, hats off to them. Uh, the West, um, we mentioned Bama, bowl teams, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Auburn, and Arkansas, five and six LSU hosts Texas A&M in whoever wins gets Jimbo Fisher, right? Is that how it works? I, I feel like whoever loses should get Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, I think, you know, we mentioned the surprising bowl teams for the SEC. Um, Arkansas. Really, Arkansas, probably. Yeah. Mississippi State, maybe. Um, no, yeah. one, one thing I want to say, I'm going to toot my own horn. I, I picked uh, Kentucky to finish second in the East, and I was right. So I, I, well I, I felt really good about that. I, well I, I I was fading LSU. I feel, you know, I was vindicated there. Um, I also faded South Carolina. I was not vindicated there. I had South Carolina finishing, I think, like one and eight in SEC play. Yeah. What is uh, what is South Carolina's uh, schedule? How'd they get there? How'd they make a bowl game? Let's see. They beat you, Florida, you... who's on who a has who's it? on a death spiral. They needed a last second. They needed a last second seventy five yard drive from. Uh, assistant, uh, you know, from graduate assistant Zeb Nolan, who came in cold to beat Vanderbilt. Like, it's obvious. I think they beat like the Citadel, I want to say, you know, or something like (laughs) South Carolina, like USC upstate or something like that. Um, Well, they beat East, they beat Eastern Illinois. Then they beat East Carolina. East Carolina's bowling. Well done. Okay. Lost to Georgia, lost to Kentucky, beat Troy, lost to Tennessee, beat Vanderbilt. Blown out by Texas A&M, beat Florida, lost to Missouri. <laughs> That's how Missouri got their bowl game, and then they upset Auburn. Beat Auburn, yeah, yeah. Uh, South Carolina, Clemson, kind of an interesting rivalry game this year. Yeah, it really is. All right, let's end with the Fun Belt, uh, another league where it has been clinched: Appalachian State and Louisiana Raging Cajun. <laughs> will be uh, tangoing in their title game. Uh, the East for bowl teams, Georgia State is at six and five. Uh, I don't know if there's enough bowls, even with like 35 to 40 of them, uh, but six wins, nicely done. Uh, Coastal, yes, they, they, you know, McCall missed a few weeks. They they slipped back, but they're still a nine win team, easily going to a bowl game. Uh, no bowl game. Georgia Southern and then Troy is five and six. They travel to Georgia State, and based on six and six being a dangerous proposition, you would think that Georgia State would be very eager to win that game. Uh, the West, uh, the West is frankly Louisiana and no one else. Three of the four teams are already eliminated from bowl games. Texas. State, Louisiana, Monroe, and Arkansas State. Um, South Alabama is sitting there at five and six. They host Coastal Carolina, but I think Coastal wants to get their 10th win. McCall's yeah. back. McCall's healthier. I don't know if he's 100%, but he is playing at least. Um, McCall with a, w- with a good game and then a good bowl game 
will easily set the uh, record for best passing efficiency in a season. Um, nice. Right now, I believe that the record is held by Joe. I want to say it's either Joe Burrow or Mac Jones. It's one of the. It, it's been one. It's one of the two last two. Uh, last couple of years. But, I think it's Mac. I think it's Mac because everyone was like, Joe Burrows is never going to get his record beat, and then it like didn't last a year. Yeah. Um, passing efficiency rating, the single season record holder, I'm bringing it up as we speak, is Mac Jones last year, 203.1, which barely edged out Joe Burrows, 202. Right now, Grayson McCall is sitting at 218.6. He wow. would absolutely shatter that record. I mean... Burrow nice. barely Burrow was at when Burrow went to 202 he overtook both Kyler Murray and Tua Tagovailoa were 199.4 and 199.2 back in 2018 Baker Mayfield Spencer 2017 Pe- Spencer Petrus is at 202 there's just a decimal somewhere in there yeah it's 2.02 I think <laughs> um despite not making a bowl game Louisiana Mineral uh having multiple wins this year was a bit of a surprise. So we'll, uh, maybe building something. Yeah, no, I, I think I definitely with, with one of the more surprising coaching hires of the season. Yeah. Well, there's going to be some real weird coaching hires coming up in this carousel. Yeah. It's, we will have our, our, our big black Monday show coming up, uh, after, uh, probably after next week, actually. So, yeah. um, that is everyone, I think, right, Josh, that's everyone that covers every conference. Huzzah. So, Good work. Yeah, lots, lots still to be decided. Uh, only um, can't remember how conferences had their title game clinched, but really not very many. All right, um, let's get to this week's previews. Uh, we're, we we got five of them. Uh, we'll start Ohio State, Michigan State. The game. It's the most important game of the weekend. I would, I would venture to say, winner is going to the Big Ten title game and is going to be at least a two touchdown favorite against whatever team represents the West. I would imagine Ohio State's a huge favorite in this game. Their offense is absurd. Like that, you cannot find enough superlatives to describe their offense. I, the only way I see Michigan pulling this off is if they run super ball control offense. Like Hassan Haskins gets like thirty-four carries for one hundred and eighty yards or something like that, two hundred yards, and they get the ball. They hold the ball for thirty-eight minutes and. For some reason, Ohio State can't block Hutchinson and um, the other was I, I can't pronounce his last name with Jogbo. I think uh, the other edge rusher that Michigan has because if Stroud has any time in the pocket, they're going to tear up the Michigan secondary, who I think is the weak point of this defense. Yeah, the the thing is, um, you know, Michigan's pass defense still really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean. Uh, the defensively overall, they've been really good. And I, I know you said that for you, the secondary might be their weak point, but as a unit, they are eighth mm-hmm. in the NCAA at pass yards per game, averaging uh, 178.4. But I guess my question so, is who's the best passing the offense they face Maryland. Ooh, that is, that is a great question. Like that. Mm. And, and that's the thing for me, right? Like they have these great statistics there, but uh, I mean, they have like let's look if we look at the schedule. Josh, let's go to the schedule. Let's, they've let's beaten, go through the schedule. Uh, Western Michigan, no, they're a running team. Washington, yeah. they're a terrible team. 
Uh, Western North, has no offense. Northern Illinois, uh, they thoroughly doesn't destroy, matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, too Rutger, much of a talent gap. Rutgers, um, they, they, they're a run first team. Wisconsin, run first team. Nebraska is a passing team. Um, and we're, we'll, we'll talk about Nebraska when we get to the Iowa Nebraska game. Yeah. And in what I saw for them last weekend, Northwestern, god awful. Oh, yeah. Michigan State, run first team. Run first. Iowa, uh, uh, sorry, Indiana, uh, just throw the ball into the ground first. Uh, Penn State wants to be a pass first team, but they've had so many injuries. And then Maryland. So, yeah, I, I guess I w- the best passing offense they face is Nebraska. Nebraska. So, yeah. and Nebraska's good. Don't get me wrong. Like Nebraska's passing offense actually is pretty legit, but they've been able to put up great numbers against teams that can't pass. Like you know, when when you're when you have like look at the five teams yeah. they opened the season with: Western Michigan, I mean, Washington, Adrian Northern. Mar- Adrian Martinez did have almost three hundred yards on them, so that's you know yeah. something. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that's I, all I'm saying there. Yeah, I think um, the, the sad fact of this rivalry is um, the talent between these two teams. I don't care that it's number two versus number five. That means nothing. The, yeah, th- there's nothing really about Michigan eye test wise that tells me they're the fifth best team in the country. Um, Name they've had a one really nice position that Michigan is better than Ohio State at. Yeah. What's that? Punting? I don't even know about that. I no, I'd say Ed, maybe Ed Rusher. Hutchinson yeah. and um Ojagbo, I think, are is all it's the only things that I could say. It's the only place that I could say is where they are better because um uh, yeah, Ojabo. Yeah, it's it's Hutchinson and Ojabo. Yeah. And you know, between them they have nineteen sacks. That's really good. Yeah. But I mean the I mean, rest Michigan's, of the team has nine combined. Yeah, I mean, Michigan has gotten this ranking because they are ten and one. I mean, they, they just <laughs> won so many games at the start of the year, and there's, you know, there's the legitimate thing of like pole, <laughs> you know, entropy, where it's why the SEC teams do so well and have so many teams ranked where. You beat one SEC team, you go flying up the poles, and then you lose the next week. Well, you're not going to fall too far. Mm-hmm. So the same thing happened for Michigan. I mean, they lost to Michigan State, and they everyone was like, oh, it's a close game, so uh, we'll just keep Michigan and Michigan State ranked essentially the same. But, I mean, you're seeing the real difference between these teams as of late with Ohio State steamrolling people. 56 points dropped on Michigan State, 59 points dropped on Purdue. Um, you know, people talk about, well, the Penn State game was close, Nebraska game was close. They had a little mini swoon in the middle of the mm-hmm. season. It's hard to get up 11 weeks in a row. Um, Ohio State is just that much better than yeah, Michigan. Um, for sure. You know, the big house will be rocking. There's going to be some X factors like that. You mentioned if Michigan has a ball control offense, if Michigan's pass defense plays the game of their lives, big house is rocking. There's scenarios where, and also just the fact that it's a rivalry game and Michigan will be playing with like 200% effort scenarios to make it close. I just don't trust any of those scenarios. 
Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I, I just I, I see Ohio State rolling. I see Ohio yeah, State same. absolutely rolling. So yeah, it's it, it's too bad. It would be a nice, you know, it would be a nice uh, story, but I just don't think it's I don't think it's going to happen. Um, no. Elsewhere in the Big Ten, Penn State, Michigan State, uh, with Michigan State being annihilated last week, you know, they're now out of it for the title. I think it's interesting. Penn State's been fading pretty hard, but I think they actually have a pretty good shot against Michigan State. I feel like uh, maybe uh, that game against Ohio State really took a, a lot of the wind out of their sails. Yeah, I mean, uh, Michigan State has not won a game since Mel Tucker signed that big uh, contract. <laughs> did he actually sign it, though? I don't think he actually signed it. I thought it. he did. No, oh, it I just, guess it was, it was just offered. rumor. Yeah. It was just rumor. Uh, well, Franklin just got a big old contract, too. Um, yeah, I, I think this one's interesting. You know, Penn State, obviously, they lost three games in a row there. Iowa, Illinois, the the one that's like, what the heck happened there? And then at Ohio State, um, then they've won two of their last three to bounce back a little bit, but they were at Maryland and Rutgers. So I, I don't know what to make fully of this Penn State team. I think the, I think the thing that worries me is we're talking about a team here entering the final game of the season and i'm not sure what penn state's offensive identity is still um which is a real big concern because even like iowa as awful as their offense is we know what their identity is they want to be a pro style power running team Mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't work the plays calling's terrible, but we know what they they're trying to do. For Penn State, I'm not entirely sure because when you look at their quarterback and their weapons at wide receiver, they should be like a high flying run and shoot style offense. They should be in the shotgun formation every possession, but then they they're not. They're not always in that, so they're kind of a confusing team. Um, one of the reasons they lost to Illinois was they could not stop the run at all. They have issues on their defensive line. Michigan state loves to run the ball. I think Michigan state's going to feel a little embarrassed after last week. Um, I, I actually, I'm the opposite, man. I kind of like the Spartans in this spot. All right. Well, we're, we're going to have to disagree there. Let's head to the iron bowl. Um, I mean, is this just pro forma? I mean, is there any chance whatsoever that, because Brian Harson has not shown me that he can, he can coach it, coach it up in a big game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Brian Harris, Harson, Harrison, whatever. Um, it's, I think it was very clear that Boise State took a step back. Uh, mm-hmm. Him versus Chris Peterson. Oh, it's not even close. Yeah, yeah, and this Auburn team, you know, they showed flashes. But when they hit really the meat of their schedule, they get blown out by Texas A&M. They mm-hmm. give up a million points in a second-half comeback to Mississippi State, and then just fall flat on their face at South Carolina. It's like the, the, the way we would feel about this higher in this first-year Auburn team would be totally different if they win even just one of those games and they're sitting at seven and five mm-hmm. with that win over ranked Arkansas, but they're not. They 
are trending downwards in a big way. And um, I, I just, I'm not seeing it, Matt. I, I'm with you. I don't, I didn't really like this higher to begin with. Um, the team's actually playing worse uh, than, than I uh, thought they would. And then also like um, Brian Harrison still hasn't disclosed his vaccination status. Nope. Uh, it, there's a December 8th deadline for all university employees. This he might have this in the bowl game. Well, no, they probably wouldn't play a bowl game before December 8th since they're in the SEC. This might be his last game at Auburn. That would be ridiculous. I, I, I panned that higher when it happened, and I would feel so vindicated. <laughs> yeah. And whew, that, would, that would set off a even bigger domino effect that was this would be two sec jobs open plus the usc job three I sec mean, jobs open lsu florida and auburn oh that's right i forgot about lsu i was just thinking about dan mullen so yeah three sec jobs plus usc i mean whoo it's a good thing texas tech got their higher end already <laughs> yeah definitely definitely all right uh, next let's head to bedlam the game we talked about earlier uh probably the game that I'm most excited to watch. I think it's going to be maybe the best game of the weekend that has the most implications. I, I've learned to not expect Oklahoma state to beat Oklahoma. I, on this show so many times I've picked Oklahoma state. Mm -hmm. Feels a little different this year. Mm -hmm. Feels just a little different this year. Oklahoma state has a defense. Oklahoma seems all out of sorts. They're winning, mm -hmm. but they're winning ugly. Josh, do I, I don't know. I, I, I promised myself I wouldn't go back to the arms of Mike Gundy. But it's really tempting right now. How do you feel about it? So when it was Bob Stoops versus Mike Gundy, it was a no-brainer for me. Bob Stoops is a phenomenal coach there's a reason why every coaching rumor has james franklin for some reason mm -hmm. and bob stoops attached to them everyone wants bob stoops yep so that was a no-brainer for me so i always picked oklahoma in those games lincoln riley ain't no bob stoops no he's not i don't think lincoln riley's that good of a coach Ooh. So, well, Oklahoma's eye test has gotten worse every year since he's taken over. I think that Oklahoma's been soft all year. A week ago, quite frankly, they could have and should have lost to Iowa State. They were outgained in the game. Iowa State just shot themselves in the foot over and over and over again with three turnovers. They couldn't run the ball. They ran it 35 times to gain 51 yards. Um, and it was another Iowa State game of, hey, let's get down really big. It was 21-7 at one point. So I picked Iowa State in that game. Oklahoma State's better than Iowa State. So if I'm going to pick the Cyclones a week ago, I pretty much have to pick the Pokes in this one. 
So what's changed? Well, Mike Gundy has found himself a defensive coordinator. Mike Gundy has found himself phenomenal defensive players. And their defense is playing like it. You look at, you know, you look at some of these scores, it's absolutely bonkers. Three points for Kansas, three points for West Virginia, 17 for TCU. Shut out Texas Tech. That's just their last four games. Uh, other opponents that we would say are good teams. Boise, 20 points. Kansas State, 20 points. Baylor, 14. Texas, when Texas's offense, you know, Texas can't stop a nosebleed, but their offense has shown flashes. Just 24 points. I mean, even in a losing effort, Iowa State only scored 24. I mean, this this defense is legit. You have a freshman quarterback who has looked like a freshman quarterback. I said, tap the brakes on all the, I mean, there was Heisman, Heisman, like serious Heisman buzz for Oklahoma's quarterbacks, both of them, first, first Spencer Rattler, uh, and then uh, the midseason replacement, uh, uh, Williams, I, I'm blanking on his first name. I don't know why, but uh, Caleb Williams. Thank you. Um, and then he gets the starting job and they're like, oh, Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman. And it's like, that was, was like, ridi- That was one of the yeah. most ridiculous things yeah. I've ever, it, ever seen. I was like, look, we need to tap the brakes. Let's see what he actually does. And what does he do? He damn near loses to Kansas because he's making all these freshman mistakes. Mm-hmm. He gets yanked against Baylor. Spencer Rattler comes in against Baylor, ineffective. Oklahoma has two quarterbacks. Neither of them I trust. And, oh, by the way, Caleb Williams against Iowa State, in case you didn't see a stat line. Can I interest you in 8 of 18 for 87 yards, a touchdown, and a pick? Nope, you can't. Sorry. Yeah. So you have Oklahoma State who plays serious big boy defense against a really soft Oklahoma team who has two quarterbacks that I don't like right now. (laughs) So this is the first time on the show I'm picking the pokes. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take them as well. I shouldn't, but I'm going to finally let's talk egg bowl. Matt, it's still the right pick. Objectively speaking, Oklahoma state is playing better football. They are. Yeah. They are, but like I just can't get over. Like, when was the last time that Oklahoma State won Bedlam? I know, but you know, you picked them in years where like Oklahoma would be eleven and zero and ranked like third in the country, and you talk yourself into like eight and three Oklahoma State. This is true. I would. I, was I mean, this that. is a I'm, little I'm very bit different. Good, I'm very good at that. Um, but the last time that Oklahoma State won was 2014. Yeah. So. Maybe they're due. Maybe they're due. Do you know the the standings like yeah. uh, in this rivalry? If you look at it, but I mean, here's the thing, though. Number three, Oklahoma. Number 11, Oklahoma State. That was 2015. 2016, number five versus 11. 17, five versus 11. 18, six versus unranked. 2019, seven versus 21. Last year, 18 versus 16. But uh, it was a very different feel at the time. Oklahoma State was not 
Um, I know the I know the rankings favored Oklahoma State going into the game, but if you looked at the eye test going into that one, Oklahoma was on a roll and was heading towards clinching the title game. And Oklahoma State was the opposite. They had been slipping the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. So in all of those games, Oklahoma was the right pick. All right. I will. Oh, you're going to, you're going to tell the, the overall record. It's oh yeah. Bottom. It's Oklahoma is leading 90 to 18 and then seven ties. Yeah. So but what is it in basketball and wrestling? Well, wrestling, I think we know that Oklahoma state is dominating. I'm not sure what it is in basketball. Let's talk about the Egg Bowl. Um, the Egg Bowl is, uh, I think, super interesting this year. Because I feel like the two teams are kind of headed in different directions. Like, Mississippi's been winning games recently, but it hasn't been winning pretty. Mississippi State has been firing on close to all cylinders um, in, in in these games. And I think that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it is a... Um, it's a very short line here. It's a very, very short line here. Um, it is, yeah, Mississippi State is at home and is favored by two, even though they're unranked and Ole Miss is number nine. <laughs> well, that's the egg bowl for you. Throw mm-hmm. out the records. What do you have to add? Yeah, I guess um, Mississippi State, in my opinion, has kind of already overachieved a little bit winning. Mm-hmm. Winning seven games, knocking off Texas A&M, knocking off Kentucky, knocking off Auburn. Those are three teams that were ranked during the game. They had the upset of NC State. So Mississippi State's kind of already overachieved. Coming into the year, I did not know if they are going to make a bowl game. Um, they lost to Memphis, which is hilarious at the beginning of the year. Um Mississippi State really should be eight and three coming into this game. I know. But um so Mississippi State, the, the thing I can't get over with them is they're a little erratic. I don't feel like they're particularly consistent. Um, whereas Ole Miss, I feel like you kind of know what you're getting every week with them. Mm-hmm. And when I watched them in that Texas AM game, that was the first time I'd watched them uh 60 minutes of football i've caught stretches of their other games uh went back watched highlights watched you know looked at box scores to get ready for the show but that was the first time i'd watch them start to finish Mm -hmm. and they they really impressed me um i think ole miss is not a top 10 team due to poll inertia Mm -hmm. and the inevitable sec bump i think this ole miss team would probably win the Pac-12 would win the Big Ten West. Would probably be in the Big 12 title game. Um, they would probably win the ACC this year. Um, this Ole Miss team is very, very complete. I'm not going to say they're great on both sides of the ball. I'd hold that for a team like Alabama or Georgia mm-hmm. um, or Ohio State. I think can even hit that mark if their defense wants to. Um, but Ole Miss is a, a very complete team with a legitimate difference maker at quarterback. Mississippi State, 
has one hell of quarterback. Will Rogers is phenomenal. He puts up absurd, absurd yeah. numbers. Yeah, but I don't trust the rest of Mississippi State, especially their special teams. I mean, they were trying out kickers a few weeks ago. That they so were. I, I, I'm going to take the Rebs. All right. Yeah, I like the Rebs here too, um, even though Mississippi State feels like they could. Yeah. I know. I feel like they could win any game that they're in. Yeah. Uh, I have a little update on Bedlam, by the way. Hit it. So men's basketball. Um, Oklahoma State was doing fairly well in it, but the last few coaching hires between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have favored the Sooners. Mm-hmm. Sooners have won 22 of the last 36 and now lead the, rec- the all-time record 104 to 102. But wrestling... Here we go. Wrestling. Oklahoma State leads 141 to 27 with 10 meets that ended in a tie. That's uh, pretty dominant. There we go. That's pretty dominant. Oklahoma has seven national championships in wrestling. Oklahoma State has 34. <laughs> although, although the defending national champion is Iowa. And Iowa has the longest streak of national champions in wrestling. There we uh, go. And since uh, 2000, Oklahoma State uh, is uh, ahead of Oklahoma baseball, head to head 39 Ooh. to 24. <laughs> nice. Uh, what we'll, <laughs> we should probably stop this bit before we get to like their head to head ping pong records. Well, well, I was at least gonna go swimming and diving. Come on now. How are they in squash? I don't know. Maybe we could maybe we could check on the pickleball while we're at it. There we go. Okay. Uh, spread formations. Last week, Josh, you went three and two. You did nice. My first record above five hundred of the while. year, I think. No, you've had one other one, I think. Um, you had you. We all had Mizzou uh, plus eight and a half against Florida. We all had UCLA minus three versus USC. We were all on the wrong side of Iowa State, Oklahoma. We were all on the wrong side of Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, because Vandy played Vandy played Ole Miss pretty well. But you had uh, Illinois covering against your Hawkeyes. Corey and I did not, and uh, Illinois covered relatively easily. Well, it wasn't relatively easy. <laughs> I had a pick six to go up seventeen. <laughs> Illinois had like a last minute drive to bring it back down to ten. Yeah. Close enough. Close enough. So, um, all right. This week, we're going to start with those Iowa Hawkeyes. They're one and a half point favorites on the road at Nebraska. Who do you like? Well, this spread changed considerably. Um, That's what it was on uh, over at our friends, uh, betonline.ag at uh, this morning. Yes, but immediately after last weekend, so after the Nebraska loss to Wisconsin and the Iowa win to uh, win against Illinois, Nebraska was favored. Mm-hmm. And then Adrian Martinez, they announced, injured, done for Ouch. the year, not yep. even suiting up. So uh, Nebraska going to be starting... Who knows if he'll finish the game, uh, but they're going to be red. They're going to be starting red shirt freshman Logan Smothers. 
Is he so, uh, related to the Smothers Brothers Comedy <laughs> Hour? I have no idea. Um, so this season, he has attempted 11 passes, completed seven of them. Um, here's his action. Uh, Fordham, opening week of the season, it was a blowout, 52-7. to seven. Four of seven. Uh, Buffalo, another blowout late in the game. He attempted one pass and completed it. Uh, Michigan State. There was uh, a few plays there where um, I think Martinez got banged up and they were checking on him. He attempted two passes in that game. Northwestern, one pass. And Wisconsin, he saw the field, but uh, didn't do anything. No completions, no attempts, nothing. Um, So that went from Iowa being the underdog to Nebraska being – went from uh, Iowa being a bigger underdog to the line getting much closer. Um, it's kind of strange. ESPN's showing Nebraska still a uh, minus one. Well, we, we, we yeah. use our, yeah. uh, our presenting sponsor, Bet On Lines. Obviously. Uh, and we go, yeah. they have Iowa minus one and a half, yeah. and that's the line we're using. Yeah. But no, if you I, like I, Iowa, you might want to yeah. go with that ESPN line. Yeah. No, I, I'm just demonstrating the fact that I think – every line maker is wondering what the heck to do because Iowa's on the road, Iowa, we've documented their flaws as a team all season. Uh, but then you have Nebraska not playing their starting quarterback. So it's a very strange game. It's a, you know, essentially a pick them depending on whoever you use. I actually like Iowa in this one. I don't know if I would have liked Iowa with Adrian Martinez, but uh, Logan Smothers, I just cannot imagine he is as dynamic a runner as Adrian Martinez. And mobile quarterbacks kill us. We have a redshirt freshman making his first career start against a team that has over 20 interceptions. They are among the leaders in interceptions the last several years. They are phenomenal at turning over inexperienced, shaky quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. This is a huge for Iowa to not have to face Adrian Martinez. I'm going to pick Iowa to win as a result. And based on the line essentially being a pick them wherever you go, Obviously, they're going to cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. If Adrian Martinez is playing, I'm taking Nebraska. He's not playing, I'm taking Iowa. It's as simple as that. The Nebraska team I saw play against Wisconsin last week had, I think, the scariest offense we faced all season. Yeah, I think they had the best overall offense that we'd faced all season. In this case, uh Adrian Martinez is not there and I think that is a massive massive difference for them. He he makes such a difference. And because of that um I'm going to take um I'm going to I'm going to take Iowa and cuz I don't think that the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour is going to be <laughs> able to move the ball. Speaking of Wisconsin, they're playing Minnesota. They're seven point favorites on the road. I'll go first here. Taking the Badgers. Uh, Minnesota is down to like their eighth string running back. They're banged up. 
And it, it, it's tough for them. Wisconsin's defense, yes, they got it knocked around a little bit by Nebraska last week, but that's because Nebraska's a passing team. Guess what Minnesota can't do? Pass. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Tanner Morgan has gotten worse like every year he's been a quarterback. Um, Wisconsin stops the run, and I think Minnesota's going to have a tough time running on them. I think Wisconsin has found a, an absolute monster at the tailback position in Braylon Allen. The true freshman had 228 yards and three touchdowns last week on 22 carries. That's better than 10 yards per carry. Take that any day of the week. And I think they're going to bludgeon them. And I, I think Wisconsin wins by two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I mean, I just spent a whole bunch of time talking about Iowa, so I'm going to be really quick here. Wisconsin is quietly, I don't think the people around the nation realize, Wisconsin has quietly won seven straight games their defense remains for real. They have finally gelled offensively. The The offensive line is playing way better now than they were at the top of the season. Their running back situation got sorted out uh, kind of weirdly to say by injury. And, and, and attrition. Malusi, yeah, and Malusi attrition. being out. It, it, it let, yeah, it let. Well, Malusi injured, Garendo injured, yeah. Berger being dismissed from the program. That was their top three yeah. backs heading into the year. Yeah, and Bray, Braylon Allen is clearly the best of all of them. So, it, oh, it's it's, it's yeah. not even close. I mean, yeah. he basically didn't play the first four games, yet he's already so in the seven games since. Uh, he is now up to twenty fourth in the country in rushing. He has more rushing yards than Zach Charbonnet at UCLA. And, yeah, and what's crazy is. Braylon Allen, I cannot believe this. Braylon Allen is 12 years old. I, if you've watched the Wisconsin game, you know that uh, it's it's like the uh, Jake Ferguson is uh, Barry Alvarez's grandson. Uh, <laughs> that which they mention have to mention every single time. Braylon Allen is 17. They mention that every if it's a drinking game. Like I think I tweeted <laughs> this last week. If you're playing the Braylon Allen 17 drinking game, you're blackout drunk by the end of the first quarter. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you couldn't tell already, I, I'm. Picking Wisconsin. Yeah, I think we're, we're, we're yeah. both on Wisconsin there. Okay, uh, North Carolina, North Carolina State. Really interesting one. NC State has to win if they want a shot at the uh, at the division title. UNC, though, uh, has been just so up and down this season, and I'm not sure uh, you know, what we're going to see from them this week. Either way, NC State's a six-point favorite at home. Yeah, this is this is kind of a strange game, and, and you really highlighted why. It's because North Carolina is so erratic. <laughs> um, you don't know what you're getting. Just just for a sample, um, here's their last three ACC games. Or actually, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna add one more into this. The, their last four. <laughs> Uh, ACC games. They beat Miami 45-42. They beat Wake 58-55. They lose to Pitt 30-23. Uh, and then the Notre Dame game, not a true ACC game, but in this mix, lost 44-34. They have one streak this season, more than one game. They beat Georgia State and Virginia back-to-back weeks. Uh, since then, they've alternated win-loss, 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 win-loss. They're coming off of a win against Wofford, so they're due up for the loss to 
NC State. It's it's a very, very bizarre one. Um, I think I'm going to take the consistency of NC State. The fact that the Wolfpack are also playing for the title game still. Um, this game is on Friday, and the Wake Forest game is on Saturday, which means that NC State knows that Hey, we if we win it, we still have a shot. So I'm gonna pick the Wolfpack. How about you, Matt? I want to pick the Wolfpack, but my gut is telling me to pick North Carolina. I'm oh gonna I, the with the uh, alternating thing, Josh. They won their last game. Yes, but it was against Wofford, which is FCS, which doesn't count. <laughs> okay. Ergo, they really lost their last game, so they're due for a win. I'm gonna take UNC plus six, even if and so that way I, I just like the points here. So uh, I next, w- I will say. Um, the last two games in this rivalry, absolutely humiliating. 2019, 41-10, North Carolina won. Last year, 48-21, North Carolina won. Maybe mm-hmm. the Wolfpack are due up. Also, kind of surprising, totally lopsided. Tar Heels own it 68-36-6. to 68-36-6. Six. Yeah. That's a little surprising. North Carolina football, not, you know. It's not North Carolina basketball. Yeah, it's true. I, I'm trying to think of good stretches of North Carolina football. and I mean, I, the, I the original Mac Brown years. The 90s. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. The, that's the true. Lawrence Taylor era, early, early late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, but even those years, they weren't winning ACC titles. They weren't dominating there were nice stretches they weren't dominant stretches i don't know i just figured that bowl game would have been like the iowa minnesota one where it's like super close yeah they won they've won acc titles in 63 71 72 77 and 80 yeah so it's been a hot minute there yeah um they last they won the division in 2015 under the hatter yeah, Larry Fedora, baby. They also won SoCon titles in 22, 46, and 49. <laughs> okay, now we're reaching Michigan levels of talking about pre-World War II stuff. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they had a nice little little run, though. Three coaches in a row. Bill Dooley, Dick Crum, and Mac Brown from went 67 to 97, the three of them. Uh, each one of them was well above 500. So, um, All right. I think, that's, I, th- I think that's sort of the the era if we're looking yeah. at it that's when they pulled away in the series mm-hmm. so uh let's head to florida state florida my turn to go first uh florida state is a two and a half point dog at florida i think florida is a choking dog and <laughs> they they think they're done i think they're just absolutely done and checked out of the season florida state fighting for a bowl game this two two programs going in opposite direction and i will hop on the one that is ascending Give me Florida State, and I I really like Travis Hunter, the quarterback, too. Yeah, I mean, this one is a no-brainer for me. Um, Florida State started out horribly and has managed to right the ship in the mid part and later part of their season. Sorry, I meant Jordan Travis, not Travis Hunter, when I said the quarterback. (laughs) Uh, Travis Hunter is their big-time recruit coming in next year. Jordan Travis is the current. Yeah. but anyway, so, you know, Florida State, they've fought hard. They're, you know, they haven't given up like 
the Gators. Um, and as I said earlier in the show, I think Norvell is like, hey, look, I'm trying to build something. Getting to a bowl game is a measurable success. Getting extra practice time is a measurable success. Um, you know, this is a big game for him. For Florida, they don't care. They've already fired their coach. A lot of those players are probably going to transfer portal out because, you know, why would you stay on this sinking ship and you don't know who the new hire is going to be? So uh, I think I think Florida State is trending in the right direction. I think Florida State's the better team. Florida might have the better talent, but in terms of how they're performing some of the parts, Florida State's the better team. And just to kind of put a bow on it, um, I mentioned the start. Florida State was 0-4 at the start of the season. Including the loss of Jacksonville State. Yeah, they're they're five and two here in their last seven games. They're playing a whole lot better. Um, I'm gonna take the Knolls. I actually think I think the Doles are just gonna blow them out. I think this yeah. I think I think we might be doing our recap show in a few days talking about wow, hey, the Knolls won by like 28. Wow, they killed them. All right, finally, Georgia, Georgia Tech, biggest spread of the week. Georgia's a 35 point favorite on the road at Georgia Tech. Um, uh, your turn to go first. 35 is a lot. It is. It is. Um, this Georgia Tech team. Um, Jeff Collins, we knew it was going to be a long rebuild, but three and eight and losers of their last five. Um, and they've been, there's been some real clunkers along the way um they lost to northern illinois yes northern's going to the mac title game you still don't expect to lose to a mac team they got obliterated by pitt pitt's going to the title game but you're telling me pitt is 31 points better than georgia tech at this point of supposedly rebuilding um they had some close calls. They gave Miami a run. But then 41 points given up to BC. And then a week ago at Notre Dame, 55 nothing. Yeah. Georgia is going to the playoffs if they win this game. Georgia can lose the SEC title game and still make the playoffs. So this is, in a way, a must-win-feels-overly-dramatic. It's a don't-be-an-idiot-win-the-game type, <laughs> type game. With that in mind, Georgia is going to be fired up. This is not a, you know, let's just sleep, whatever, we clinched it, who cares? Georgia's going to be focused all week. Georgia's going to want to fine-tune some things as they get ready for Alabama. Georgia's defense, you don't want to take your foot off the gas because defense is, you know, a huge percentage of it is effort and, like, commitment and doing all the little stuff. If you're sloppy against Georgia Tech, that's going to lead to sloppiness against Alabama. So if the defense slips up at all, 
Kirby and the staff is going to be yelling at them so much to get them back into the groove. Overly explaining, but it's going to be a blowout. It's going to be like 50 to nothing. Georgia by a million. Georgia by a million. All right, I think it's going to uh, wrap it up for us. Uh, I always forget how far into the this his tenure Jeff Collins is. How long has he been at Georgia Tech now? This is this his third is season. Three? Yeah, three and nine, three and seven, about to be three and nine. Two wins, three wins, two wins in conference. Ooh. I, hmm. This is a tough offseason to fire your coach because there's such huge programs that are looking for coaches. Um, I don't know. It's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. What would you do, Matt, if you're the AD? Um, I think I give him one more year. That's kind of what my gut says too. I, mm-hmm. I'm bringing up their I'm bringing up their 2022 season to see if they they have bowl potential next year. Uh, real quick, 2022 Clemson probably a loss. Western Carolina a win. Ole Miss we would think probably a loss. At Central Florida. Maybe a toss-up. And then uh, Georgia, obviously in the finale, but that's their non-conference game. Loss. Um, And then their conference slate with the dates TBA. Florida State, who should be improved, probably a loss. Duke is going to be awful. Win. Miami, kind of a toss-up. Virginia, toss-up. North Carolina, toss-up. Pitt. Probably well, Pitt's gonna have a new quarterback, so maybe a toss up. Virginia Tech, you would like to win that game. So I've got I got three and four with some toss ups in there. I ooh, I don't know if a bowl is likely next year. That's a tougher schedule than I realized. Jeff Collins era might might not be lasting too much longer. I I, I really don't think it's lasting. I think I think he may get one more year. Just and that's more because. It's going to be a Georgia Tech is going to be what at best like the sixth best opening. Yeah, I mean, um, in the ACC alone, when Miami pulls the rug out from under Manny Diaz, that's going to be a better job. Um, just look across the board. Yeah, Florida's a better job. LSU is a better job. Washington's a better job. TCU's a better job, and Washington State is probably on par. Yeah, I'm thinking just and in USC con- is obviously a better job. Yeah, I'm just thinking even in conference, Miami is a better job. Um, Duke and Syracuse are probably less demanding jobs. True. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's going to be tough for Georgia Tech if they make that call this year. I think uh, we did one more year. Yeah, we didn't talk about Wake uh, BC. Where, where are you feeling for that one? I I feel like BC has sort of got the end of the season blues and is trying to just kind of get out. They lost Florida State last week, and I, I just I, I feel like Wake Wake is looking for some redemption. I think Wake is going to take care of them. I'm honestly going to be rooting pretty hard for Wake. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to make. I want them to win the division. I want to see Wake Pitt. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I want to see that game. 
Um, I also I want to see how many points know, are put up in that game. Yeah. I also just, you know, Wake is one of the smallest schools playing this level of football. I, you know, I want them to have fun seasons every now and then. So I'm going to be pulling, pulling for them. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here today um, on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. So uh, on behalf of Coach Corey Burton, often parts unknown here in and around the Music City and our cover blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook. He's running around Maddie, Texas. He's got to pick up his son. He's got to pick up a turkey. He's got to do all sorts. He's got to of deal stuff. with in-laws. It's all. It's all. It's oh. all messy. So. Oh, I I don't envy him at all. No, nor do I. So, all right. Well, in, in that case, uh, also, also, I think he's above five hundred for his picks so on the he, season. This, on this the season, str- nope. He's twenty-seven, thirty-one, and two, which is better oh. than you and me. I'm twenty-four, thirty-four, and two, and you are twenty-three, thirty-five, and two. Uh, I figured with his pick success compared to us, he he's just gonna conveniently miss. If he goes five, <laughs> if he goes five and zero oh in bowl week or five and zero oh for uh, for championship week, then he will have he'll be plus five hundred. <laughs> nice. So, all right, it's, well, do- it's doable. I think bowls are easier to pick sometimes. So, all right, that's gonna do it for us here today, and uh, we'll say so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.